See, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. And welcome to the Down and Front Podcast. <laughs> I hope we keep them getting more and more ridiculous. People are like, oh, you just cut him off. Uh, I no, it's be- for the best. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. Um, my name is Warren. I'll be your host this evening. Uh, I'm here with a couple of my buddies as well. Um, we're a little light. We are putting uh, Down and Front on a uh, bit of a diet. Uh, so we have a new couple of... New Year, new me, dude. New Year, new me. There you go. Uh, but we have a couple of the uh, key players and the key roles, and we're going to do a bit of a, uh, a round robin to see uh, who we have here. Um, so on my right, I have Mr. Mike. How's it going, Mike? What's happening, dudes? Not much, not much. How's he doing? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Just sitting here, chilling in a uh, confined space, talking about some movies. There you go. Uh, what you drinking? Uh, I got a Narragansett. Nothing special, just... A good old classic. Okay, okay. I feel, I feel it. It's, it's good. It tastes good. Yeah, right. It tastes good. Still good. New me. Gets the job. Yeah. It's not exactly not exactly a light beer to you know for the. Were you gonna say gets the job done? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's playoff time right now, and all I can think of is do your job. Well, the Pats are gonna lose anyway, so it doesn't matter. How's your team uh, doing in the playoffs? I, I also have my other good friend. <laughs> I got my other good buddy here. We actually have him on Skype because we're trying a couple of new things to try to get a lot more guests, especially guests that's all the way across from the country. So I'm really excited about this and we're testing a couple things out but uh, i have brylan how's it going brylan hey how's it going good good man good to see you <laughs> yeah good good to see you too yeah for sure for sure <laughs> uh what you uh, what you sipping on what you drinking how you been uh i got some whiskey around the house left over from new year's so i'm drinking some suntory whiskey toki okay so it is japanese whiskey that is 40 percent alcohol proof so I think it's a very nice, strong, smooth whiskey. Forty percent. And hey. yeah, okay. And it definitely will make this a more relaxing time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the I like the soothing of the voice there. That was nice. That was really fun. Yeah, I'm going to be very mellow tonight. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I am Warren, your host for this evening. I am sipping on 19 crimes, um, each declared by His Majesty to be punishable on conviction by transportation. 2016 red wine. It's a particular uh, blend, um, southeastern Australia. So uh, it's really good. Uh, very like light bodied, uh, a little bitter, but at the same time, it's a pretty good taste overall in the beginning. I think kind of smooths out. So I guess I would say that you know it's a crime not to have this wine. Um, hashtag friends with blends, but you'll hear more of that later. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight. What we're actually going to be talking about is we're actually not going to do the typical sort of uh, one feature title. We're actually going to do a recap of. 2016 in 2017. We're going to recap 2017. We're going to recap 2017 yeah. in 2016. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that nobody's done it before. No. no. Nobody's done it before. You heard it here first. So what we're going to do, we're actually going to be, it was a <laughs> bit of a tough sort of battle, I would say. Um, but uh, I'm going to go down this list, and there's a lot of different movies. And the one thing I would want to say is, we were busy, man. We did. We were, we were busy. 
We didn't. I didn't get a chance to see half the movies I wanted to see. I think we. I think I still saw the most movies in the theater than I have ever in my life. Oh. Except for when I was like a kid, where like that was literally the only thing I could do. Uh, I mean, last year for me, I had a chance to make my schedule for a bit, so I saw over a hundred movies in the theater. That's killer. So that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I like now. I think I probably saw me like. <laughs> I'm so privileged, right? I saw like, maybe like 40 or 50 movies. <laughs> I, no, I, I did. I yeah, saw that maybe in the year. And, but it still didn't feel like, especially when about maybe September and after that, it really ramped up. And there was a lot of stuff that just got glazed over because all the other stuff that was happening around and, you know, um, all the other like just craziness because 2016 was a crazy year. But, uh, hmm. you know, I'm so happy for yeah. it. I think that what that fall winter award season release is always a pain because it's like, hey, they talk about these really cool movies coming out, and all of a sudden you can only go see two just because, hey, it's the holidays. You got to get stuff done for yeah. the family and yeah. stuff. So I know what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be reviewing our top three movies of the movies that we've seen and the also top three TV shows. And I'm really excited about the TV show conversation, maybe a little bit more than the movies because I'm interested in what you've seen, but hmm. you know, we'll see. So, uh, you guys ready? We are. Let's talk about some non-awful stuff first. Yes. Let's talk about some non-awful stuff. So, I think the easiest way to do this is actually start from the bottom up, just because it builds a suspense, and it would be nice to see if we all kind of have kind of fighting or, like, kind of tough thoughts, or if we rated it higher or lower. Um, But, uh, yeah, let's go around and see. uh, Brylan, what was your number three? Uh, My number three was probably the best superhero movie of this past year. Batman vs. Superman. Apocalypse. Which is Deadpool. Deadpool, yes. Yeah, hell yeah. So if I would have to give it up for any superhero movie last year, it's Deadpool just because it managed to do something different. It wasn't the same. Other movies started to show their formula. DC had a rough time building cohesive stories around pretty cool characters. Uh, But Deadpool just knocked it out of the park. It was a surprise out of left field. You're like... This could be a funny movie. This could be a uh, very cheap movie, but it was Ryan Reynolds' personality and his charisma and becoming Deadpool and being true to who that character is and also having great supporting casts that added to what that story is. And I think it's going to be a franchise to look forward to and see what they do to evolve that character next. Absolutely. I remember we all... Because that movie came around... uh... We actually recorded that. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was um, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. And that movie came out, and I could not stop laughing. I was so excited, and we were just so amped to see such a good movie at that time. Because I think the week before, or two weeks before, we had just saw Zootopia. Mm. And that was like, oh, man. It was either one or the other came in, in front, but... It was like, oh, wow, 2016 is going to be the best year for movies. And, I mean, arguably, it may it may be for, for a while. I think 2016 was better than 2015. Um, but that, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Mad Max was phenomenal. x Men, right. but we'll talk about that right. like, later. But uh, this movie literally came out of the, like, off the actual gun. Because this was happening years ago that they got, like, crowdfunded. And they showed that highway that scene. And the leaked footage, yeah. Yeah, it leaked. But that was the best leak that ever happened because... That's what really made the movie, and the fact that Ryan Reynolds can step into the actual world, break that fourth wall, and be that character, 
and also make fun of himself as well as making fun of other prolific characters. It it worked so well on so many levels. I literally watch that movie so often because it's now on HBO, and it's something that you, anybody can. Well, probably not anybody, but a lot of people can pro- uh, enjoy. Um, and and it was one of the movies that kind of keeps on giving sort of things to the point where when you saw the stinger at the end, I didn't even get that that was from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it completely like I, over my head. I was I like, was oh, I love my that. mind for that. Yeah. See, it's funny that, uh, you know, uh, Fox put up Deadpool versus Apocalypse versus Marvel Civil War versus Batman versus Superman, and Deadpool won. Like, completely just, like, absolutely knocked it out of the park. I'd have to say, honestly, Civil War, depending on the day, probably ranks higher maybe than Deadpool, but for the fact that they made that movie for, like, what, $150 million? Deadpool won. You know, I would say this. Is Deadpool did beat Civil War because Civil War has to be built up from the other movies. Yeah, and that really is tied to the fact that you've seen the like this character journey of Tony Stark, and you've seen the character journey of Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and all the other side characters, so that it comes to the pinnacle moment of well, this is what happens, and then you're like, you're already up there on you're the invested. rise. Yeah, you're already invested. You're already on that roller coaster. Yeah, and one big criticism that a lot of people have against Marvel is when they introduce one of their new characters where they have a solo movie, it's, okay, here's the Marvel uh, origin story formula, which Deadpool took that origin story formula and just twisted it where it was just ridiculous how it's like, okay, this is not a hero at all. He's a pretty despicable dude, but we're going to make you empathize with him and also have a fun time and a fun ride with it as well. well. I mean, he, this is maybe not the most obvious, uh, like fourth wall break in the movie, but he has that whole line about like, Hey, I'm not a hero when he, you know, he's, uh, He's uh, collecting from the girl to, like, you know, stop the guy from harassing her, the pizza guy. You know, he's like, no, 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 I'm not a hero. Not viewed as really a fourth wall break, but pretty much sets up the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. he was only really after revenge, and he was after the the wrong things to be after. But at the same time that he's after that, he's after the love for, like, a revenge and trying to fix himself. And truly, if you take a step back and look at it, it's a very selfish move of what to fight for up until the point where he, he even in the end of the movie spoiler alert he doesn't turn at all like it it, it was still bad at what he did <laughs> but there's something about loving this character and still rooting for the character although he still is a bad guy but this quote unquote bad guy that I'm talking about is well I mean he's more of a real person than we've seen in a long time um, and it was very interesting. How about that? That's more like self-interest than evil, you know. Hmm. Brian, what's your uh, what's your next movie? No, no, no. He already has three, so we need to go through our thirds. Oh, oh, we're going yeah. around. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Robin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow, flipping around. Me, you, uh, me, you. I will go. I'll go. Okay. So we just did this one. But it made me feel like such a little kid again. Uh, I gotta give it to Rogue One. And I promise this is like the only big budget film that I had on mine. Um, but yeah, Rogue One was, like, for me, was incredible. I know there's a lot of criticisms out there, uh, and I poo poo every single one of them. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, Rogue One was a fantastic uh, Star Wars film. I mean, a lot of people were worried it wasn't gonna be a Star Wars film, and. 
it definitely adds something to that uh, mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some characters that you've never seen before, and you get a, a pretty tight time frame of just learning about the characters and a full story about them. And that ending of it, that ending is probably one of the best endings of a movie in the last decade or so. I mean, it's one of those things that this movie, I didn't realize how much this movie meant to me until I went back and started watching the original Star Wars works. And then I went back to kind of watch like a bunch of different works. And I tried to like watch as much and read as much stuff and like see all this stuff as possible. But you're introduced to a world before all the stuff that we actually kind of have like had already happened so now we have to go back and like vault all the way back into time um and then you care for these these you know characters very quickly uh and then all the stuff like it's uh, is uh, it's very interesting how they crafted this movie so much as you can make it made me at least feel for a lot of these characters knowing farewell like going into this movie and I'm, for some reason, I'm confused that people were like, "Oh, I didn't know they were gonna die." That blows me away. Honestly, that, I, did, I yeah. didn't know they were gonna die. I figured that, I figured something would happen that would make them not like, not be part of the next ones. And what that was, I guess, yeah. dying. I mean, I I knew going to this movie that they weren't gonna die. I'm sorry, excuse me. I knew that they were gonna die. But then the best thing about it was, you know, they introduced K2SO and they introduced uh, Jen and they start introducing these characters that, especially K2SO, because anytime you introduce a non-human character be more human than the human being that's in there, mm-hmm. that yeah. also steps out of that realm to actually, uh, have, like, he feels a certain emotion towards the character that says, "I'm like your your actions are confusing. I, like I can't compute." almost to that point and I was like god damn it that kills me every time well, so, it was, ugh, I love that it, movie man. was just it was just yeah. gray it was like maybe if anything besides Civil War like and I don't even think Civil War was that great of a movie um but it, like literally every single character was slightly gray in their motivations and how they like you know they viewed the plot of the film and like I don't know. That was that was definitely super super refreshing to see, um, you know, compared to literally every other movie that you know who you're rooting for and who you're rooting against. Yeah, and I mean the visual effects of the movie was freaking phenomenal. I I'll again say what I said on the podcast was um, that it's one of those um, one of those significant movies when it comes to visual effects. It's a landmark that. You're going to see other movies pattern themselves after how this movie does mm-hmm. visual effects. So, gorgeous. if you haven't so gone gorgeous. back, please go back and watch the Rogue One for uh, a little more of a lengthy discussion on this movie. Just, <laughs> just, a, just, t- just tiny, just a little, tiny just bit. bit. Just, just a little, just, just a little bit. So, Warren, what was your three? So, my third movie um, of this year. I'm, I'm checking my list and I'm, I'm checking it twice. Uh, no, nothing. All right. No. no. All right. Forget, <laughs> forget you guys. We're past the holidays. <laughs> ah, we're never past the holidays. Sunday Funny's coming up, man. That's the best holiday. Um, my favorite movie of 2016, third favorite movie, is Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you guys seen this movie? I haven't. Okay. So, but I know it's by the same director of uh, that vampire film. 
which I forget, which I loved. Oh. Which was uh, In the Shadows, or... Uh, I think that's a different director. Could somebody fact-check that? Oh, was it? Yeah. I'll see if I can uh, fact-check that as much as possible to see. Um, but, uh... I would say Hunt for the Wilder People is a beautiful, beautiful story of, you know, two very off characters just coming together and kind of learning about each other as a wild and kind of crazy, like, wacky adventure that come on. And it is a beautiful sort of kind of story to really kind of go to and see that it starts off, like, very weird and very interesting as you start meeting these characters and something happens that really kind of vaults the story into action. And it's something to the point where it, like, kind of slapped me in the face and, like, come on come on and I was talking to uh, one of our good friends Megan of the podcast of uh Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And I said, like, is it me or am I just like crying in every movie that I watch now? She's like, welcome to my life. So, uh, I literally, I, I cried in this movie because it, it hit me so hard. I didn't realize like this one part was going to happen, but it was a very beautiful, beautiful moment that actually happened to it. Um, and the one thing about this movie is that this movie is actually on Hulu right now. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal. Like it's absolutely phenomenal. And I think like two out of my three movies that I'm, I'm talking about is one's on Netflix, one's on Hulu, uh, and the other one's still in theaters right now. So um, I would say Hunt for the Wilder People. This thing was rocking a 99% for forever in Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it probably went down to a staggering 97 um, after all this time. So uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, Blue, what about your second movie? Sure. Um... So my second movie, I'd say, uh, was The Lobster. Uh, it was like that <laughs> indie film. Um, I, it was just like, they didn't say any jokes. It was just absurd. And I love absurd stuff. And it was a really tight plot. Um, didn't really matter. Like, nothing really mattered. The whole movie was just nonsensical and stupid. But it, it made me laugh in a way that, like, Deadpool... Deadpool had jokes. The Lobster didn't. And I loved The Lobster for that. Yeah, a uh, quick side note, Taiki Waititi is the guy uh, we're talking about. Um, I don't believe, I think he was actually in What We Do in the Shadows as Viago. So he, he was in that No, he directed movie. that too. Uh, he, he directed it also? Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, he was co-director. So yeah. yeah. Oh, so Clement, that's why. The, the Clement. Oh, movie. yeah, that's yeah. from uh, the dude from, uh, what's it called? Not Flock of Seagulls. Flight of the Conquest. Flight of the Conquest. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I know yeah, it's a guy yeah. from Flight of the Conquest, but yeah, Taika Waititi also did uh, Hunter for the Wilder People as well as What We Do to Shadows, and he probably has a, uh, a part on Flight of the Conquest too. Taika, so, is, uh, he's going to come up way later in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but sorry, sorry, talking about The Lobster. Rylan, you see it? I have not seen The Lobster. Oh, I, man. It's me, definitely, because I love absurd indie films. Yeah. Well. This movie, I believe it was based off of a Greek director, uh, and I actually just watched this movie last week, so it was really funny that I actually saw yeah. this. Because this movie is on Hulu, or either Hulu or Netflix. It's one of them. Yeah. Or Amazon, actually. Sorry. I think it's on Amazon. But um, this movie caught me off guard. As much as I love Colin Farrell, I was so hooked with anything that has to do with absurdist theater. I think one of the... And it was a very weird moment, but I'm going to have to give this spoiler away. Sorry, Brylin, but cover your ears. But one of the funniest but saddest moments is when... She goes and wakes him up and says that, oh, I just kicked your brother. I killed your brother. He's like, what? He's like, she's like, yeah. She was doing his little song. Like, hoo, hoo, hoo. So I just kept kicking him until he didn't make the sound anymore. And then he sits there in the bed, like, looking at her. And he gets up and looks at her her foot and just covered with blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jesus. 
I laughed and I was like, that is probably it, the saddest it made moment you, ever. It made you feel so uncomfortable for laughing. Ugh. Um the one of the things it's funny because uh my number two I chose to go see this instead of Brylan's number two. Brown, what was your number two? Yeah. So my number two was my favorite absurd indie film this year. <laughs> Uh, which is Swiss Army Man. Oh, yes, I saw that. This movie... <laughs> Go ahead. This movie... I love this movie. Um, this movie is hilarious. Daniel Radcliffe gives a very interesting performance as a corpse that farts a lot. Um, but it goes beyond that. It definitely goes into, like, the... I mean, thinking about the human condition. The best thing I can... best way I can describe this is... Um, so it stars Paul Dano as well, that finds Daniel Radcliffe's uh, body. And, you know, Paul Dano, he's notorious for playing creepy guys throughout his movies. And this movie's all about deconstructing the creepy guy. Yeah. And it makes you think a lot about um, socializing and judging people and um, are people uh, bad people for just being different? So... I think that has a lot to do with it. This also has my favorite final line of any movie because the last line that Mary Elizabeth Winstead says just sums up what the movie is totally about. And it's just three words and it just makes up, it just, it just seals a nice bow onto the movie for me. Yeah, this movie hit me off guard. I was really dying to watch this a long time ago. And I think at the same time The Lobster came out that... These both movies came out around the same time. They're both cons films, I yeah. think, right? And yeah. I think The They're Lobster was only playing in certain theaters. I yeah. think both of these were playing small, in small, small theaters. Small release. Yeah. Um, but uh, I watched this movie, and I absolutely loved every moment of it in that sort of rebirth of, like, kind of re-coming back to life and, like, certain things that he could do. And I I would say go into this movie with, like, an open mind and a glass of wine and then just go ahead and enjoy <laughs> Yeah, um, also visually beautiful, like a lot of the diorama sets oh, they yeah. make. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it probably has my second favorite musical score of any movie this year. Ooh. Just, I love when uh, musicians take just vocal uh, samples and just arrange them into music where it's mm. just using human voice as the songs. And the score does that, and I think it comes off really well. Nice. Mm. Nice. Cool. Nice. Cool. One was your two? So my number two was Sing Street. And you can actually watch this on uh, Netflix. I did talk about this in one of our previous episodes. But the reason why I do love this movie is that uh, truly anything has to do with music that's inspirational. And you have inspirational figures in that, m- that movie that talks about, you know, not only kind of following your dreams, but don't worry about being different. Like, be and feel free to be different. That's what makes you, you be your own person and go after what you want to go after. It's a kind of a beautiful movie kind of talk about it as well. This kid goes to the school that's basically picked on by the entire school, turns around kind of befriending everybody. He sings these songs about the girl that he cared for, um, and then how it progresses from that of what the choices that he makes. And this kid's like maybe in like middle school going to high school, and mm-hmm. um, it's he said he has like a futuristic sound because it, t- it takes place in the 80s, but he has like a futuristic sound of... 
uh, 80s mixed with like 808 I think which is actually really funny what we were talking about before um, so he has like this future sound of like him singing and they make like music videos and they even have a really funny kind of almost like South Park line of uh, having like a black guy in there <laughs> he's like he knows, he knows how to play an instrument right you're like play the bass uh, yeah <laughs> so that was also a very but it's a very good it's a very heartwarming movie I remember I literally was like I woke up at maybe 1 o'clock 2 o'clock in the morning on Jesse's couch and I was like scrolling through and I saw this movie on Netflix I was like it's on here and I watched this movie it was wired for the rest of the day so um, I would definitely say go check out Sing Street while it's still on Netflix or go rent it it's a great movie to go to the theater to especially because of the music or it's a great date movie as well or it's just a great movie to go watch and just analyze and just get a, uh, a different perspective of the world hmm. yeah. awesome have you guys seen it? No, I haven't, so... I have I, not seen it yet. I hate both your guts. <laughs> e- equally, though. Equally. Uh, that's nice. bad. You're dispersing it. Yeah. <laughs> dispersed <laughs> hate. Dis- dispersed that hate. So, here we're going to uh, top movie. Now, I'm not going to judge you guys. The same time? Huh? We're going to say it all at the same time? Yeah, Brian, uh, I, I really hate your choice for top movie. I disagree with it wholeheartedly. I'm, I don't, we all have three different top movies, I believe. No, Do we it? don't. Oh, oh we don't. Yeah. Are you guys have the same one? We had the same one. Okay, so... Independently done. We did our pre-pro independently. There was no talking about this beforehand. We both came to the same conclusion. What's your favorite movie of uh, 2016? Yeah. It was Kubo. Kubo with the two strings. Two strings. Nice. Oh, my God. Talk about visually stunning. Talk about amazing soundtrack. Talk about uh, character journey. Um, I kind of spaced out when you were talking the entire time, so I don't know what you were specifically saying, but I know what Brown was saying. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, it just had, it really had everything to me. Uh, the the, the stop-motion animation was incredibly good in it, the way yeah. they combined it with, like, more traditional CGI, which is a weird thing to say, that because stop-motion's 100 years older than CGI, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, with that stop motion, it's ridiculous. Like, even just looking at monkeys' fur and how it moves in the wind and just in the different environments, like whether it's rain or if it's in the sunshine, it's, I mean, it would freak you out. You'd think it'd actually be really hair. Um, but I mean, I agree with you. It's a total perfect movie. It has a great story, it has great characters, it has um, something for the hero to go for, to fight for, but. Uh, he finds that it's not just uh, about putting on the magical suit of armor. It's deeper than that. It's more about getting to know who your family is. It's getting to know um, what does it mean to stand up for good against evil and how you can overcome evil, not just by uh, being aggressive, but also uh, just embracing the love, which is awesome. You know, I'm really bummed because this didn't make my list. Um... (laughs) It should have made my list. Like, if you would have had a regular, like, top five, it was, like, right there. And this was button heads with Hunt for the Wilder People. This was button heads with every movie that I actually chose. Um, But uh, I absolutely love this movie so much. This is, like, my movie that I watch on the plane. Like, I have Mm. it always downloaded on my iPad to watch it all the time. Uh, Mm. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Like, I love anything about epic stories and, like, that adventure story and anything to do with stop motion and like this entire sort of that entire sort of production company is absolutely phenomenal uh from paranorman to Coraline, um they made the box trolls which is still very funny um so uh, i do love that movie yeah 
It's yeah. too bad. I'm hoping, if anything, about four people, Ryan Dowd and maybe three others, will go and watch this movie. He, and uh, Dowd, I think he did see it. So, or his wife did, at least. So three more people, then, yeah. we need uh, to go see it, because it did not make a lot of money. Well, it's funny. There are a lot of movies that we've actually mentioned and talked about, besides the Deadpool... And, uh, and Rogue besides One. Rogue well, One. Well, even... Yeah, Deadpool made a good yeah. amount of money. But besides Deadpool yeah. and Rogue One... None of these top movies, and even when I was looking into and I was listening to other podcasts and I started looking at the, the stats on like Rotten Tomatoes and Wikipedia, a lot of these movies did not make a lot of money at all. And mm. I'm not, I don't know why. Like, this movie costs way more than all, some of these movies cost more than what it had to, uh, it actually made back. So, in Kubo was one of the worst movies for Leica's film productions. Um, to end this time, which is crazy because it's one of arguably their best movie that they. They only made, made ten million dollars more. I mean, they were lucky that production uh, was only sixty million, but they only made seventy back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's it is a little bit disheartening that you know you have these incredibly talented, both like technically and creatively, like a rare blend of both things, um, and they probably won't get enough money to. You know, make a second one. Ah, it's such a or a next like a movie, right? You know, well, I, even take I mean, that. my my guess is that they've got enough money to create another like a movie, but because they're technically recouping, but it's it, sure. you know it's hard. Um, uh, and also, I mean, if you want the best cover, of why my guitar gently weeps. Uh, Regina Spector knocks it out of the park. It's not awesome. Oh, so Guillermo was all like was losing his mind when he were you there with us. No, no, I saw it. I saw it another time. Yeah, uh, Guillermo was losing his mind when that sh- that song came on, and we stayed for the credits because first of all, like what they were showing was beautiful from like all the artwork from it as well. So it's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool, Warren. Um, I guess so you get I'll that. close it out with uh, my top movie of twenty sixteen, and I think there's gonna be so many awards. You can guarantee me. I believe the award ceremony is either this week or next week. But there's going to be so many awards, and I don't think either one of you guys saw this movie. Bright, uh, Blue, I know for sure you didn't because we've been talking about the music. Is yeah. La La Land, Ryan Gosling, and Emma Stone. So I chose this movie over Moana. Only reason why is I'll go into every movie blind. We all know that. I did not realize that this movie was going to be A, a musical, which it is, spoiler, um, and B is going to be so true as if, if somebody went through and I got my degree in theater I know that you got yours in like musical yeah production production so yeah. there's many times that I've gone out for and it's only in, in like in college but I've gone out for auditions and auditions and I've had a lot of different things and like you, there, there's a lot of different artists and teachers and theirs and like all this stuff but it's a movie that really kind of focuses on two characters as their life, and there's a lot of songs that intermingled into it, um, and it's a beautiful. It's a part of a love story, part of a love struggle, part of like self-sacrifice. It's part of like literally every piece of it. Um, one of my favorite artists, and like no spoilers, shows up in the movie and like absolutely crushes not only his first debut acting role, I believe, but also crushes a song that he kills in this movie. John Legend. Yes. Yeah, I heard that was like the highlight of the oh. whole film. No, okay. not even close. Not really? even close. Really? Oh no, I heard he he's, it. He's phenomenal. But there's one like the highlight of the film is Emma Stone's piece in the end when she's mm. giving her monologue, and I listened to this song and I cried in the theater of how beautiful that this song was because it truly encapsulates not only what in like what I was talking about Sing Street of 
you know, follow your dreams, be a person, feel free to like feel that emotion and let it go. Not frozen, but let it go, <laughs> of course. But at the same time, you know, when Steve Jobs has a line that says, you know, be hungry and, you know, it is just a it's such a ridiculously powerful moment and how it actually comes to be. Um, this movie's two hours and eight minutes long. Like th- Ryan Gosling learned how to play the piano for like every almost every day to the point where he was able to play the piano. Like he's a jazz pianist in there, and he's able to play the piano. Hmm. Um, and I think the, the last thing I'm going to add to this movie because I can go on forever. Um, Damien Chazelle uh, directed this movie and wrote this movie, and the music's done by Justin Horowitz, who both of those guys did Whiplash. Hmm. Yeah, Whiplash was probably my favorite movie of a couple years ago. So just because it's so intense, it's so driven, and it's if that's what you think, right? So I didn't realize until I'm like going to work and I'm looking at this, like, wow, this name sounds familiar because they actually say the same exact line. J.K. Rowling says this is why jazz is dead, and Ryan Gosling says the same thing. Like, this is weird. And I look at it and I go back and I was like, oh, this motherfucker made Whiplash. So yeah. good. Such a powerful film. Both are such powerful films and both has to do with somebody going to like a fine arts degree and in, in that more. Hmm. Um, I would say if you've ever studied any art at all, you would absolutely die over this movie. Uh, and there's a part in it that they almost... they There's a part that they do at the end of the movie that I've never actually seen happen before, but you've seen it in fairy tales, you've seen it in plays that happens, but actually on a movie set is, is beautiful. Oh, this movie will be a lot of people's best movie of the 2016. So, um, I, that, and I literally saw this movie like two days ago. And I, <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, wow, this absolutely uh, leaped everything else uh, on my list. And um, yeah, that's La La Land. And it's literally in theaters. Please go see it. Uh, it's beautiful. And I guarantee you, once you start seeing it, the opening number will have you hooked. Absolutely hooked by far. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's anything like Whiplash, Whiplash like was is one of those rare movies that actually made my heart race while watching it, and well, I was sweating and it, it's, 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 the whole time. And I'm like, what's gonna happen next? It's exactly like Whiplash, but it's not because if you can look at it as like a whole, one is a, a, a it's different. It's completely different. Two pieces, two different pieces of work, but it's also the same. Like it's tough to describe without giving any spoilers away. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I went to school for computer science and physics, by the way, so I wanted to make money. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah. I, I, there's there's one part in the movie that she goes, and I, for anybody who's ever gone to an audition, you'll probably will for for sure do this because literally on the day of your audition, everything goes wrong. Everything in your life goes wrong. I'm a guitar player, um, and every single audition I've ever gone to has been the coldest day of the week. Yeah. And you're just like, my hands are frozen. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was uh, at one point in which uh, my, I think my glasses broke or something like that. <laughs> oh, um, no. It, 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 it was <laughs> no, so ridiculous. auditions are the worst. Yeah, it, auditions are the best. Or I love auditioning, but... It was to the point where I was like crying in this thing for a character that didn't need to cry, and you like you come up late, and they like literally you, sh- you train for this thing, you show up one minute late, and they skip over you, and you're done, and you just have to go home, and that that's what you're left with. Uh, and this was in college that I was like, doing this stuff, so that's, that's crazy. But uh, let's move into uh, the TV. So here's what I would say: I don't know what your lists say at all, but let's go into let's start with number three. And two. 
Yeah. So let's give the right. the third and the second one as well. What you got? Um, I, I'd have to say the two. So I'll give it uh, another period, and this is us. Um, totally, completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Another period is an absurdist comedy. Uh, they just finished their second season this summer. It's Comedy Central. It's the guys that did The State back in the day, like literally 20 years ago. Um, again, an absurdist comedy that just like completely vibed with me. Um, this Is Us is an NBC drama uh, that, uh, again, speaking of uh, our esteemed friend Megan, um, she got me into this show. It is completely just a sit on your couch on a Tuesday night and drink an entire bottle of wine and then watch a show about life. And it's it it perfectly fits that uh, that element right there. Brown, what about you? Brown, what you got? Uh, so my number, uh, I'm going to say first that with TV, there's so much good TV out there. There would easily be five or six TV shows that I could easily put in this list. So it was very tough to come up with this list. Uh, so my number three is going to be Stranger Things hmm. uh, just because all the nostalgia it's in the 80s that's the time I grew up as a kid those were all the movies and songs I was listening to those were the clothes I wore when I was a kid and it not only does that nostalgia hit me very hard but their use of uh, using modern uh, film storytelling techniques to tell a new and refreshing story and having an amazing cast of young actors just knock it out of the park was what sold it to me and i was like you know what they took eight episodes told a very tight uh amazing sci-fi horror story that uh gave you had a lot of heart in it as well hmm. um my yeah. number two is gonna be sci-fi's the expanse uh I heard probably about not the many shows. people have seen this yeah. but the Expanse, to me, I mean, it surprised me. It was one of these TV shows that come out. I love sci-fi. I was always looking for, like, another, like, hard sci-fi TV show, um, just like Battlestar Galactica or Babylon 5, something you could definitely, like, get into that space opera type of thing. And The Expanse is killing it. So um, that's going to be my number two, is they bring back sci-fi to the sci-fi uh, TV show, but also back to television as a whole. Hmm. Nice. So I would say my uh, number two, my number three of 2016, there's one that uh, nobody probably has seen, and it's phenomenal. That's another one that a lot of people haven't seen, but some people are now starting to talk about. One's Fleabag that's on Amazon, and the other one's going to be Atlanta, and I actually just added that. Thank you, Brylin, because I was, I was waiting for something to pop into my head. Um, so Fleabag's, and I talked to this before, but Fleabag's about a woman who's a very broken, very, very broken and very depressed woman. Her friend just committed suicide accidentally from stepping in front of a bus. Uh, that supposed it was a, it was supposed to be a bike lane, but it was a bus lane. It was bad, uh, and so it just goes through like trying to figure out and like trying to piece together like what happened, what caused her to commit suicide, and kind of things like that. While she always breaks the fourth wall, much like a Deadpool, and it's also a BBC sort of British comedy. And I'm actually watching another show called Crashing, which is also hilarious. So I'm just in love with this woman. Um, and so I would say that's Fleabag. Definitely just go check that out as well because that's one to introduce somebody to like kind of a raunchy comedy just to get more comfortable not only with yourself, which is awesome because a lot of people are kind of self-conscious about it and she just literally throws that away. But it's also getting comfortable with everything else around you, which is pretty cool. Hmm. In Atlanta on FX, I mean, Donald Glover 
absolutely murders this show. And from the get-go, this show is by far, like, one of my favorite uh, shows that I've ever actually seen, I've ever watched. And I've seen him in a lot of different stuff, um, even, like, movies and TV shows as well. But just the, I guess, like, the message that he actually seen, sends, even with the, like, we talk, we and Bradley talk about a lot, the Justin Bieber episode I thought was hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, but, uh, like... There was even one scene which uh, you know Darius is goes to the gun shell and uh, goes to excuse me a gun a shooting range and he has like a, a cutout of a dog and everybody flips out they're like you can't be shooting dogs man like what are you talking about and he gives a like a legit answer of like these things like attack my 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 like my uh, friends they attack a bunch of kids all around the, the streets you guys are shooting people you guys are shooting people out there like what's the difference like that's that's much worse. Um, and that's a very profound, very hilarious, very weird sort of dark comedy moment, but it's, it's very true. Um, so I would say like this show just goes and goes. There's so many beats and it's, it, it really does feel like he's, it, you're growing with these actual characters. So it's really cool. And I would say definitely go check it out. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, just to add on to that, I mean, Atlanta's amazing. It's amazing enough to be my number one TV show. Of hmm. the year. Oh, so, nice, nice, going um, to nice, good stuff. Donald Glover yeah. killed it this year. Yeah, with him yeah. in Atlanta and then his uh, his album. Oh, so yeah, really... his album's amazing too. He's just a very creative dude. Yeah, I, I hate that um, guy for that very reason. He's yeah. too, too too much. He's too good at everything. Yeah, but Atlanta to me is a show that matters. Uh, it's a TV show that. Yeah, it's a comedy. It has this dark undertone of hell, and it portrays its comedy, but it deals with some very serious issues that uh, it's good to have a conversation about, have a different perspective. And it opens up uh, a world that a lot of people don't understand and don't know that much about. Um, And it's fantastically acted. Like, every actor they had on this TV show, they knocked it out of the park. If it was, like, guest spot or... If it was uh, the guy that plays Paperboy, or um, if it was even his baby mama, uh, she was amazing too. Gorgeous. Fantastic, uh, fantastic show. So, thank you, Bradley. That was your number one. What's your number one? I mean, this is the obvious one, but uh, Game of Thrones. I thought the last two episodes were two of the best hours of TV that I've ever seen in my entire life. The whole Bastard Bowl was like was something I've never... I've only seen that in the movies. So the fact that they did that on TV was unbelievable. And I think, honestly, you'll start to see more of this. Like, uh, there's like a, there's a Marvel show that's going to come out next year um, that the first two episodes are going to be released in IMAX theaters. And oh, then the nice. whole rest of it will just be, like, an ABC show. So, like, I, I think that it's it's interesting to see, and I think that Game of Thrones will be the first one to truly do this, where they're truly doing movie-grade effects, stunt, like, work, setting work, and put it on the small screen. Um, and then that last episode, the first 20 minutes, uh, again, you know, we're, we've, talked, we've talked about this before, that, like, you know, you get these culminations of set design, acting, uh, scripting, lighting, music, like, you get these, that first 20 minutes up until, um, what's his face, Tommen kills himself, is, like, one of the more gorgeous moments I've ever seen, and and the whole rest of the episode was amazing, too, but, like, that just, that stood out so hard for me this this year. 
Yeah, Tommen. Yeah. What was the name of the uh, other Spark Stark boy? Uh, Ricard, there we go. No, no, no. Rick, 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 Rick. No, but you th- yeah. Yeah, I get those bit too mixed up. All right, yeah. Yeah, Joffrey yeah, yeah, was Tommen's older brother. Yeah. There's a lot younger, of people. Younger. No, Joffrey was... Joffrey yeah, was yeah, older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, like, I don't know. It's it's an obvious choice, but, like, those two hours were probably two of the most entertaining hours of, like, television I've ever watched. I'm surprised, because I would say my number one was probably the obvious choice of Westworld. And I thought we started with Westworld saying that's gonna make the the list. No, but no, uh, we didn't because it didn't like <laughs> it, we it didn't. <laughs> that's why I was like, wait, what? Uh, but yeah. I, I know that it would have been on all of our lists. Thus, we would have put it on top five. Um, but yeah. I still wanted to put this because I think this was the first show that probably slapped me in the face, and I had to rewatch a lot of. Um, I had to rewatch it again just so that I can just appreciate what's happening right now with this TV show. Um, man, some of these ugh, man, some of these actual shows were just so ridiculous. I, and I just realized that in 2016, we got the door moment in Game of Thrones, which... Yeah, yeah, that was... That, that got killed, overshadowed yeah, by... It killed me. We talked about Westworld on a lot on this podcast, twice, I believe, so I'm not going to necessarily gonna go into that detail a We did that for Thrones, too. We did. Yeah. We did do that for Thrones. Yeah. Um, but I do want to kind of culminate a bunch of things, but Westworld by far was one of those intellectually, like, really challenging, but at the same time, like, we're not going to hold your hand. Keep up, because you'll only be um, glad you did, really. Uh, but the door moment, I think, may be one of the biggest Maybe the biggest moment in 2016 to me that says, like, hmm. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Westworld, I mean, same composer as Game of Thrones, and so the music was top-notch. Production was amazing. Yeah. Like, this is probably the most beautiful TV show ever made, hmm. but it's beautiful in a very disturbing way, too. So sure. just keeping that tone throughout the show was amazing as well, and... Uh, amazing actors. Well, I would say, um, you know, let's go into like like we normally do. We keep it consistent, and we can kind of keep this brief because there's probably a lot. But uh, what are if you would say a couple of things that are some biggest losses uh, or take took the biggest L's in uh, 2016? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll start. Uh, this is the obvious one, but Batman vs Superman. Yeah, that movie was hot garbage. Uh, you shouldn't need a three plus hour extended edition. It's still worse. <laughs> that that to like tell a story that you wanted to tell, but also still come up short. Like I don't know. Give me a break on that one. Uh, again, we started off with the whole like Marvel, you know, Deadpool. Like Civil War was great. Apocalypse was very much lukewarm. Mm. But Batman versus Superman was an absolute mess. And that's not even it's not even counting Suicide Squad, which that I honestly forgot about. Uh also my other big L was honestly Sausage Party. And this is a weird one. I like there was there was worse movies that we've reviewed on this this channel. So again, hint go back and re-listen to all of our stuff. Please. Um but I think that from the cast and like the the medium that they were working in, I think that there was a lot more of an opportunity there, and it. I don't even think they pulled their punches. They just came up short. After seeing this is the end, and seeing basically, like a live action version of that, and still like somehow the animated version came up less ridiculous. 
I, I don't know. It just that one stood out for me as like I wanted more out of it. I would say yeah. I'm the exact opposite, just to rebuttal just a little bit. Sure. It's because I felt like the reason why they made this movie was because people felt uncomfortable to see people do the things they did, and this is the end. And they're saying they are they're, they're looking at that because oh, it's almost almost the same movie, right? Um, they're looking at that and they're like, oh, this is kind of like, this is funny, but if it wasn't real people, like we could maybe get, and so when they actually made a particular kind of movie about this, like where can you actually find somebody takes bath salts to see, you know, food talk and then do all this other crazy shit that actually happens. I loved Sasha's party. I thought it was very hilarious and they push, they push it to the point where they could have been further. They were like almost South Park, but not really, but they just went raunchy instead of being more funny. Um, but I still liked a lot of I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of just the dumb silly humor they actually kind of using it to the point where even mentioning gum uh, character was very funny yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I thought a lot of the jokes was like really funny uh, and, I, and I actually I, I, I'm probably because I hated this is the, uh, the end but I loved uh, interesting party. no I, I thought I this is the end I complete opposite on that yeah I thought this is the I end mean, I was... didn't hate Sausage Party I just thought it was lukewarm yeah uh, which I felt a lot about uh, summer movies this year a lot of them were oh, just yeah. like hey we got one or two cool moments the rest of it is just like hey we just phoned it in yeah, Finding yeah. Dory is, uh, Finding Dory I think was the best summer movie mm, Civil, uh, Civil War happened so early it wasn't in the yeah. summer though. that's why it was. It kicked off the summer yeah, it, was, it was in the yeah, spring was, yeah but, but like everything yeah, else it's just getting earlier summer movie starts. Yeah. Sauce's Party did do better financially though. So interestingly enough, it was 20 million to make it and they got back 140 million whereas it was 30 million to make and they only got 125 for this is the end. Mm. So technically the wallets voted with Sausage Party. I still think like Finding Dory is one that I wanted to put on my list kind of kind of up there uh, in the summer. Um that's okay. lukewarm. That's okay. You yeah. can you can be wrong. <laughs> Uh, Bradley, Bradley, what you got for your biggest L's? Uh, for biggest disappointments this year, I'm going to say one movie, one TV show. Okay. Uh, one movie that disappointed me the most was probably Jason Bourne. Hmm. Um, that trilogy of movies that Matt Damon did about a decade ago were probably some of the best typed action uh, espionage films ever made as a series. And I love watching those. And this was t- terrible. I mean, it was like... It was like Matt Damon didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted to be in that movie to act or anything. And it was shot terribly. Paul Greengrass usually does a pretty good job of capturing action more ways that people don't. And it was just every single action uh, beat was boring in that movie. So that's going to be what I say is the most terrible movie this year. I mean, Um, I will go go off of what, um, like, uh, oh, what was your TV? Uh, TV show, um, I'm going to say Mr. Robot. I see so many people get all amped about Mr. Robot. I watched the first season of it, and I was waiting, like, when is something going to happen? When is something going to happen? And nothing happens in that season. Um, and I think it's I think it's a neat premise to, like, not that they first sold it as, like, a hacker movie but or a hacker TV show, but it really isn't. It's more about diving into uh, mental illness and psychological issues, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't stand what they how they were playing that out. I liked probably one or two episodes that whole season, uh, and Rami Malek's acting um, 
it ingratiates me. I cannot stand that dude just <laughs> staring at a camera with a deadpan face and he just says the most monotonic um, lines ever. And I know that's part of the character, but how can you go about and say, oh, that guy's doing amazing acting? I was like, no, he's not. He's, her- he's terrible. <laughs> that's funny because a lot of people would pick... Uh, maybe not the last season, but certainly the first season is like the you know the show of the summer from twenty fifteen, right? I definitely would. It's definitely up there for me. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'd like to remark I'll, quickly on your pre pro notes. Uh, the Killing Joke is awful. Yeah. Let's not let's not let that get off the hook because that was your number one, and I'll, I forgot about it. That's how bad it was. I'll put that on my because I was trying to think that I was I was try- really trying to avoid doing. Uh, Bad movies and bad TV. So I mean, last year, it, last year ravished me, and I was like, oh, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. So I literally tried to ignore and avoid a lot of bad stuff. I mean, we did watch Apocalypse, mm. and, we, and you know, I, I, and we did watch Suicide Squad. That was bad, but um, we thought it was going to be good. Batman vs Superman to me because I didn't watch the actual trailers. That final fight scene that encompasses when Batman and Superman start fighting all the way until the end of the movie, that made the movie better because it didn't know, spoiler alert, Wonder Woman was in that movie. So, because she of that... Even, she couldn't even save that for me. Well, I mean, it, it, it saved it because her... When she gets, like, hit and she's, like, fighting back and she gets hit, she goes back, she's sliding, looks up and starts smiling. And so, goes, like, that right there was like, goddamn... That's an awesome moment. You' pretty sure you should have probably focused more of the movie on her than everybody else. And now you don't focus too much on her. Yeah, let's not get into Batman because I have a rebuttal on that one. But like, let's just end this. All right, conspiracy. But but yeah, no. Returns. Just tell a story. Batman versus uh, or Batman the Killing Joke was like they had such great source material to go off of, and they just. they just they messed it up. It was, it was so weird. It was so awkward. It, but, but it wasn't bad. awkward enough. Like that storyline is super awkward. Well, no, it was awkward that they were they were they were having sex on. The, oh yeah, on the roof. No, yeah, yo, give me yeah, a break. That, I was like, wait, did this happen? And everybody's like, no, this is not fucking happened. What are they doing? I was like, I'm so confused. Paris, <laughs> France, give oh, me a break. Gosh. Like, come on, Ron. Why didn't they just make a nice tight forty minute killing joke? remake why add this extra shit that doesn't need to be there uh, who knows yeah well, it, it was probably absolutely worse but jason Bourne still just disappoints me the most just because of its pedigree that's fair yeah i will agree with you i uh my parents saw it i think like the either the opening weekend or the weekend after that and i i talked to them i was like oh you know i really like those movies how was it and they're like nah, it's not really worth it just, yeah it's like it's just like a nonsense no one it doesn't really matter well, as we move into our particular kind of final section of this actual sort of podcast and the show for tonight, what are you most excited for for 2617? I would say for me, I have no idea because now I've even cut off anything that I know this year. I don't, I don't even know what's coming out this year. So I'm excited for everything. I know I think um, Marvel's coming out with like two movies and I think it's a Star Wars movie this year. Marvel's got three movies. Okay. Episode 8. So yeah. oh, episode eight? Okay. let's make the rule. Episode eight, we can't be excited for because everyone's excited for that. Fair. Like, right? Fair. Like, well, let's not talk about that yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I'm excited for everything because I don't know what's happening. So hit me with your best shot. Sure. Oh. You want to go, Mike, first? 
Yeah, I got two. Uh, Incredibles 2. Um, what? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. That's yes. going to be cool. Like, after 20 years, I hope they don't mess it up. But the bigger one for me out of, like, all of them, honestly, Thor 3. Uh, even even more even more than Guardians 2 and even more than Spider-Man. Guardians coming out? Oh, man, this is going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, Directed by Taika Waiyuki. And oh, there is it? There is the payoff from earlier. Remember oh, when I said he'd come back yes. later? Yeah, so it's, oh, it's directed that's gonna by... That's going to be so good. It's directed by... So we have this, this very serious Norse character who it's directed by an absurdist comedian... And that it co- it's a buddy cop like adventure with the Hulk. And recently, con- uh, uh, recently spoiled um, another character from a movie that just came out. Yeah, is gonna be in it. Um, but it's it's gonna tell it's gonna finish up kind of like the Thor mythos, and as well as lead into Infinity War. And like I I don't know I just I Thor two is the worst Marvel movie that they made by far. But I liked parts of Thor 1. Like, if you said out of all the low-tier Marvel movies, Thor is probably my favorite one out of all of them. Just because I think that Chris Hemsworth does a very good job playing a slightly absurdist character. And I'm really hoping that the fact that they're pairing him with a director that excels in absurdity, that will, like, that will mix it. Like, there were so many moments from... From that first one where he's like slamming a glass off the floor. You that like, I was like, no, I want to see that. That is hilarious. Or I want to see nothing to do with Earth. Like, if it's going to be on Earth, make it completely bonkers. Or if it's going to be, like, an, uh, you know, an action movie, make it somewhere else. Because I don't want to see him beat up humans. Because he can't hit humans that hard. Um, so I think this is going to accomplish both of them being very galaxy-based or cosmos-based. And also just, like, with an absurdist. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I'm looking forward to most is... Um, Recently saw um, some previews for Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness, which is his latest movie. He used to be doing a lot of Pirates movies, but now he's back to doing some horror, which he did the first ring. Uh, And um, he has a unique visual style. From what I saw of it, it's like a neat take on a Kubrick horror film with his own modern storytelling. So it got me really excited. I can't wait to see that movie. Uh, and I'm excited for Logan. Logan um, looks amazing. Uh, I like the last Wolverine film. And Another Wolverine wanted, film? You might I be the only one. Wait, what was the last Wolverine? Wasn't it the Japanese uh, one? That was the Japanese one? Yeah. Oh, my God. It did not have a good ending, but I like <laughs> that ending. That didn't have a good movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, I like that movie a lot. Uh, and I want to see how Hugh Jackman goes out. Uh, and this looks like it's going to be a really cool cowboy samurai story told, like just a lone samurai just trying to do that final fight. Honestly, Warren, if you're like, I know you don't do you don't do trailers, but I would say that if you can find like the ability to watch the Logan trailer, it's really good. I'll watch it after the movie comes out. It's. Yeah, but then you kind of know what... Like, I don't know what happens in this. I know there's a story. I know there's a comic book that it's based off of. I honestly don't know what happens. And just, like, some of the, the visuals, like... It's honestly a really cool short-form clip. Yeah. Um, and it also has uh, some of my favorite villains of any any X-Men villain ever. I mean, it's and been it's been two years. It's been two years since I watched the trailer. So, 
Yeah. Now honestly, I'm like, I could, it, I, could, I could watch I could watch one trailer. It was it was it was really good. Yeah. Okay. Like the, that trailer was definitely better than pretty much everything else that I've seen. Damn. Yeah. I hope the movie's good. I mean, this all goes null and void if the movie sucks, but... Yep. And lastly, I'll just say, I'm excited for Iron Fist and the Defenders. Yeah, yeah. that should be good. I want to see how they tie all these Netflix characters together, finally, and see if they can pull off this ultimate team-up of these fantastic shows they've been doing on Netflix. I mean, to me, it feels like it's getting better, um, because we had Daredevil, which was phenomenal. Daredevil 2... And Jessica Jones, meh. Loved both of them. Yeah, we I mean, Luke they Cage. were good. I didn't like them, but I heard they were good. We had Luke Cage. Luke Cage was great. And so now, coming from this, like, where are you going to go? So this yeah. should be interesting. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So I would say thank you so much for coming. We're going to go ahead and sign off and say that I'm, we are really excited. We're really engaged. We're going to try to bring out as much content as possible. We're all super busy, but at the same time, we're going to try to do much more like Skype stuff so that we can actually start recording wherever we are. We put more stuff out there and kind of hang out with us. So um, I would say if you have any sort of questions, feel free to email us at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we still have a Twitter at, at underscore D-I-F-P, at underscore downinfrontpodcast. Uh, we still post a couple things on Reddit, downinfront.reddit.com, which is pretty cool. Right now, we actually have a Patreon, which is awesome. So, patreon.com slash downinfront. Uh, we have a Facebook, so we do have a Facebook page to go ahead and hang out and check that out as well. Lots of stuff from our Twitter is all going to be kind of intermingled in there. And if you don't have an iPhone, kind of feel free. We actually are on Stitcher. Uh, we're, I'm working on trying to get us on Google Play, so just so that we're on every platform as much as possible, just to get our voice out there, just because we want to see what people think about. So, uh, Brylon, where can people see more of your stuff? Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Brylon. It's B-R-I-L-U-N-D. That's where I'll be hating on Civil War more than Mike Blewett does. So just to let y'all know, y'all hear it re- recorded live right here. Mike Blewett said, Civil War is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's been sitting on that for like nine yeah. months. <laughs> 2017. 2017, dude. Year of the rebound. Yeah, damn, man. Uh, Mike, where can you find more of your work? Um, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the band. Uh, well, I'm I'm in the band, but uh, uh, my news. Uh, we have our first and hopefully last show. Uh, you know, we'll get up there and get booed enough um, coming up. But you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think it's all just like my news music. It's like all one word, just my news music. Um, can you spell that for us? Yeah, it's M Y A N U S and then music. That's uh, it's in no way related to my anus. <laughs> None. Uh, but yeah, check us out on there. We have an EP that just came out probably like a month ago. Um, it it's got about tens of views. Yeah, so it's it's doing pretty good. Uh, it's no Bieber, but you know we're pretty much there. Well, like I already told him, we're definitely shared. I'm bringing my first date there, so I'm, I'm <laughs> I really hope that it's gonna be really. There awesome. will not be a second date. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we we don't know. We don't know that. You're 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 basically playing that date on hard mode. <laughs> right? Well, you, you can only do God mode. Like, yeah, right. What, what else is there? 
Well, that's my face. That's yeah. God mode. That's real, real difficult. That's, that's Oh, difficult. I was like, that's a pretty good... Nope, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying that, yeah. I have a voice made for podcasting. Uh, and lastly, you can find more of my work as well on at Friends with Blends. We have a Twitter page, in which case we bl- we do a bunch of wine tastings. We pair up with a bunch of foods and a bunch of fun stuff as much as possible. So you'll see us pushing out a lot of different content everywhere. Feel free to follow us, and uh, we love you all. We want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, happy Holidays if we missed you, and uh, we see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.